Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Let me direct your attention to the book of Matthew, chapter number 7. Matthew chapter number 7. I'll read two verses. Verse 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Amen. And I want to teach on the subject, the chosen few. And let's be seated. Amen. The chosen few. And I'm so glad that we are all part of the chosen few. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You know, the word straight, S-T-R-A-I-T, is really, it's an old English word. Uh, that was used uh, for uh, a narrow passageway. And it's still used in geography today for um, a narrow body of water between two land masses. You know, some of the famous straits in the world are the Strait of Magellan, the Strait of Gibraltar, the Bering Strait, the Strait of Hormuz, and even the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal are considered straits in their own way because there's little narrow bodies of water going right through so that you don't have to take the ship all the way around a long way. We know when large ships are traveling through straits, they have to be on high alert. They have to navigate much more differently, much more carefully than when they are on the open ocean. If they don't, they're in great danger of wrecking the ship and running it aground. You remember back in March of 2021 on the news, the massive container cargo ship called the Evergreen uh, got stuck sideways in the Suez Canal. And you can see it there. Um, I mean, it was a bad situation. All these ships are piling up behind it, and it took uh, them a long time. You know, I mean, it didn't seem like a long time in maybe a couple of weeks, but that's a long time when no th- nobody else is getting through there. All those containers on all those ships, everyone's expecting them somewhere on the other end. Uh, and so they, uh, you know, they were careless. They, for whatever reason, uh, they got that thing all messed up and they ran it aground. You know, and in like manner in our life, you know, God... Uh, you know, walking with God and walking for God is, you know, a much more narrower way than what we used to walk and what the world walks. Amen. There's all kinds of options out there of how to walk and where to walk and what to do and this way and that way. But this way that God has given us, it's a narrow way. It's a, a straight way. You know, it requires great awareness and focus and commitment and a strong desire to make it. You know, the Bible tells us to watch and pray and be led by the Spirit because we're on high alert. We're, we're, in, the, we're in the straight and narrow way. 
And it is a narrow way for sure. You know, no one's disputing that. But let me tell you something, and I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir today. It is the best way to live our life bar none on this earth. Amen. Praise God. You know, Peter asked the question of the Lord, and it was kind of along these lines. In Mark chapter 10, you know, he, he said, Peter began to say to him, verse 28, See, we have left all and followed you. So in other words, he's saying, you know, well, you know we've left all and followed you. Uh, you know, kind of what, what's going to happen to us? What, what's, you know, what's in it for us kind of thing? What, what, are, you know, what, what can we expect? And then Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So Jesus was saying, you know what, you're, you're, you're going to have a blessed life. This, 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 this chosen few, this straight and narrow way, amen, yes, uh, it, it can be challenging at times. Yes, uh, it uh, takes a little more than just living a life that doesn't, you know, that you don't even care what you're doing or whatever, amen, but you're going to be blessed because of it, amen. And, you know, like the old song says, that old song, it's going to be worth it all. We sing it sometimes. There's a... Uh, Part of, that, uh, part of that course said, it's going to be worth every long mile, every heartache, and every trial. It's going to be worth it all some beautiful, happy day. It is. Amen. Now notice in Jesus' answer, he said, with persecutions. You know, everything else was kind of positive. Like, hey, no one has left houses or uh, lands or whatever. Uh, or, you know, you know, maybe some friends that were not good influence on you. Uh, and, 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 and you're going to get this and you're going to get that and you're going to get that with persecutions. So he didn't sugarcoat it. He threw it in there because he, he wanted to let us know there will be persecutions because of our walk with God. Amen. He, he never sugarcoated anything. He let us know that in the world you will have tribulation. But he said, I have overcome the world, and you stick with me, you'll overcome it too. He told us one of the signs of the end times is that God's people would be hated of all men for my name's sake. Amen. And, you know, and, and when, you know some people, you, you, you use the word God, they're fine with it. You start saying the name Jesus, and, you know, hackles come up. You know, there's something about the name of Jesus. Amen. That's why the difference between baptizing the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, oh yeah, we like that, amen. No, it's Jesus' name. Well, that's kind of narrow. You're narrowing it. Yeah, it's because it's the narrow way. And that's what the Bible said. We know that the name of Jesus is the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Amen. amen. And so those people who will focus on the name of Jesus and hold that name up dear and near and high, those are the ones some people aren't going to gonna have a little problem with. But he told us it's going to happen. Amen. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.12, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, some sort or another. Amen. So no one ever said living for God was going to be a breeze, even though it's the greatest thing on earth. It still is. Nobody ever said doing what it takes to go to heaven was going to be a walk in the park. 
Nobody ever said that walking with God was going to actually be like being on a luxury liner or a cruise ship, sipping a little, you know, drink with an umbrella in it, and, you know, and just like, woo, this is great, you know. Actually, I'd love to be on that ship right now, but actually, it's more like being on a battleship, and those that are on the battleship, they're not just passengers kicking back, amen, they're good soldiers of Jesus Christ, Fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Praise God. This chosen few, amen, this straight and narrow way, it's something we have to strive for. It's something we get up every morning and we want it. We got to want it. Amen. One man, one guy wrote a book a long time ago called You Gotta Have a Want To. That's what gets you up every morning, the want to serve God. Amen. So it's something we have to want with all of our heart. Now, our opening passage talked about many and few. So I want to try to just talk about the many versus the few. Now, God has always been a God of quality over quantity. Amen. Now, don't, don't mistake that. You know, he did die for everybody. But sadly, not everybody wants to do what it takes to be saved and stay saved. So God is a God of quality, not quantity. Amen. I'm reminded of the story of when Abraham no noticed that his son Isaac was of the age it was time for him to get married. Amen. And so he called his most trusted and eldest servant, Eliezer, and he said, I want you to go back to my country where I was raised and find a wife for my son Isaac. Amen. I do not want you to bring Isaac to my wife. I want you to bring the wife to Isaac. Amen. And so those are all symbols and types. Amen. We don't bring Jesus down to our level so that we can just, you know, uh, have the bottom line and the bottom, uh, you know, basic requirements to be saved or whatever we come up to God's level of what he wants us to do and to be saved amen praise God don't bring the bride bring the bride to the Isaac Isaac was a type of Jesus amen now remember during the time of Noah when God flooded the earth only eight people were saved on the ark out of all the people living on the earth at that time. Now, if you do a little study and try to figure out uh, what experts say, uh, amen, uh, how many people were living at the time of the flood, on the low end, it's a hundred million. On the high end, it's a billion. Amen. Amen. So 1 Peter 3.20, it says, In the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, everybody say a few, a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. Amen. So out of, let's just, let's just go with the conservative number, out of 100 million, okay? We won't even talk about the billion. Let's say it's 100 million. You say, well, how, how could it be 100 million? It's only six chapters, you know, when the flood came. Yeah, but people are living at 900 years old. They're still having babies when they're 400. Nobody's dying, and you know. And you got to, you, you know, your older sister, you know, she's 350 and she's watching her younger sister that was just born. So there's a lot of people being born. So let's just say a hundred million, eight people saved out of a hundred million. Let me put that in perspective. Today, we have over seven billion people on the earth. 
for the sake of my example, let's just round it to seven billion. If Noah's flood happened today and the same ratios uh, uh, you know, uh, were applied, only 560 people would be saved out of seven billion. Amen. Few there be that find it. Uh, I'm not saying only 560 people are going to be saved. Because, you know, whew, that's getting pretty narrow there. Amen. I'm just showing you the ratio. Now, why is this significant to our discussion of the chosen few in the day we're living in today? That happened a long time ago. Well, the Bible said, for just like the days of Noah were, so the coming of the Son of Man will be. People will be eating, will be drinking, will be marrying, will be giving in marriage, will be going about their business, won't be giving God the, the time of day sometimes, amen, and then they'll wonder, what happened? Amen. So out of thousands of people, now listen to this, out of thousands of people that followed Jesus in his three and a half year ministry, remember one time he fed 5,000 men, not including their wives and kids, the estimates are fifteen to 20,000 when you add the wives and kids. That was just one time when he was teaching. Another, plant, another time he fed 4,000, not including their wives and kids. He had multitudes following him all over the place. Thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of people in that three and a half year. Because, because of all the miracles and the powerful words he spoke and everything he did. Amen. He spoke with one as authority and the people flocked to him. They were not like, it wasn't like the old humdrum drive synagogue teachings that they, they got to be used to over those years. Amen. And out of all those thousands of people that followed Jesus, when all the dust settled after at the end and we come to that upper room, only 120 were there. A few that were there to start the church. Amen. Now, heaven is a place reserved for those that obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, are born again of water and spirit, and have their name in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. The chosen few. Now, the many in our passage where it says, you know, wide is the gate and broad is the way, and many are going that way. Many are the untold billions of people that have lived since that scripture was written are still living right now, and those yet to live and grow up, amen, before the Lord's coming. Amen. Now, few means a fraction or a percentage of the many, but still could be a large number. I, I'm, I'm thinking it's not going to be the ratio I just told you, the eight, uh, you know, eight out of 100 million, extrapolate that out. No, I think it's going to be a lot more from what I read. Now, look at Revelation 7, 9. And we're talking about at the end. He said, after this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man can number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with right robes and palms in their hands. Amen. That's uh, the chosen few. Amen. A great multitude that no man can number. So we're part of that group, but still compared to billions, it's a smaller number. So how many are the few? There's still, we don't know. Millions, easily, when you add them all up. You know, see, a person doesn't have to do anything to be part of the many that are walking the broad way through the wide gate. 
You know, you don't have to be like, well, you know, only the devil worshipers are going or only the, only the, you know, the really, really bad people. No, it's just somebody that doesn't give Jesus the time of day. Uh, you know, somebody that doesn't believe in God, someone that doesn't give their heart to God, doesn't, he said, you must be born again to enter or see the kingdom of God. Amen. So, so a person that doesn't do anything, they're just kind of walking along with this big mass of people in the wide, through the wide gate and the broad way. It's like being a jellyfish, just going where the tide takes you. It's like being a tumbleweed, just going where the wind blows you. Amen. The sad thing is that the broad way and the wide gate lead to destruction. Only the straight gate and the narrow way leads to life everlasting. So nobody is going to accidentally find themselves in heaven someday. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was, I wasn't, you know, I was just a bank robber and I beat people up and I just, I'm in heaven. Nope. No. No one's going to say, wow, I wasn't even trying and I made it to heaven. Nope. Guarantee you, not going to happen. Amen. Jesus said, Matthew twenty two fourteen, many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. And see, I believe that many, I believe, let's, let's just say everyone's called. I believe the call goes out to everyone. Amen. Every single human being is called by God. He's fair. He died for the whole world. So I believe he's going to give everyone an opportunity to be saved. Amen. He's not willing that anybody should perish, but his desire is that everyone repents, obeys the gospel, and comes to the knowledge of the truth. But sadly, so many people choose not to answer the call. And you know what? You cannot be chosen if you don't answer the call. Amen. Many are called, but few are chosen. The chosen few. Now others... Answer the call, but because of circumstances that arise after they answer the call, they fall away. It's very sad. You know, Jesus talked about the parable of the sower in four types of ground. You know, the stony ground, the thorny ground, the wayside ground, and the good ground. Amen. The, then his disciples pulled him aside and said, can you explain this parable? I, I, they, they said, we know it has a spiritual meaning. What, what does it really mean to us? He said, the, the, the seed is the word and the ground is the heart of people. And he said, the stony ground, this person, he, he, this heart receives the word with gladness, but doesn't allow it to take root. And when persecution or affliction arises after they answer the call, amen, they're offended and the word does not benefit them. And they fall away. The thorny ground, this person allows the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things, choke the word and it does not bear fruit in their life. The wayside ground is the word is sown in the heart, but that person allows Satan to take the word away so it doesn't benefit. But then there's the good ground. Those that hear the word, receive it, allow it to take root and bear much fruit in their lives. Some 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Amen. But notice the good ground is only one of four grounds. You know, if we look at percentages, 25%. I'm not saying that's the percentage, but I'm just telling you, you know, few there be that find it. The chosen few. Amen. So many people are telling us we need to accept the Lord when it's in reality we need Him to accept us. 
What, is it, what do I need to do to, for God to accept me? Well, I just don't know. I might accept the Lord. I don't know. If he's lucky, I'll accept him. No. Well, that's not the way we look at it. No. We want him to accept us. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So God doesn't care who's part of his church. He doesn't look at people like some people look at people. He just says, hey, you're, you're one of my creation. If you fear me and you work righteousness, I'm accepting you. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Wherefore we labor that we may be accepted of him. Amen. So this easy believism doctrine that's been around for a while is robbing so many people of a genuine, powerful, and close-knit experience uh, with God and a relationship with God. Amen. Just to, just to, uh, to, to you know, it's just some easy believism thing that, that, that really doesn't uh, get you into, you know, a walk with God that where you can feel his power and you can hear his voice and you can see his, his hand in your life in a powerful way. Amen. We want to be part of the straight and narrow way, the chosen few, because it will cost us something to make heaven our home. There is sacrifice involved making heaven our home. There's self-denial involved in making heaven our home. He told us that, and I'm fine with that because this is the best way I've ever lived in my 60 short years. Amen. Praise God. Of course, I only lived uh, 21, you know, for the other guy, and, uh, and now I'm, uh, you know, what is that? 39 for the Lord? Praise God. Amen. I, I'm waiting for the day where it's double. Praise God, Brother Arnold. 42, amen, to 21. And I, I don't necessarily want to be 63 yet, but I'm just, you know, waiting for that day. Praise God. Amen. Let's not rush it because I know there's things that come down, body breaks downs and stuff like that, that, you know, uh, I'm not looking forward to for three more years. Let's just hold them back. Having a good time right now. Praise God. Amen. But Jesus said, Luke 9, 23, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Amen. Now, Jesus said an interesting statement in Mark chapter 9, verse 43. He said, and it's, you know, it's pretty powerful. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. Verse 45, if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched. And then 47 said, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Like that's like some serious scriptures, right? Amen. Now he's not literally speaking here. Or else I'd be having like a seeing eye dog up here and, you know, no feet and no hands. Seriously. Because we're not perfect. Amen. Amen. Now, he's metaphorically and spiritually speaking. But believe me, it's much better to enter heaven 
metaphorically and spiritually speaking, with only one hand or one foot or one eye, rather than going to hell because we couldn't let go of what God wanted us to let go of. We couldn't, you know, whatever it, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Amen. Because we know that there's, the Bible said there's pleasures of sin for a season, but we also know that in running this race with patience, the book of Hebrews 12 said, amen, that we need to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Amen. Because it's going to be worth it all. Amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. It's not worth it. There's nobody or nothing in this world losing, worth losing our soul over. Nothing. Yeah, if I just got to have a spiritual eye patch, I'll be fine. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm here, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You know, people want to have their cake and eat it too. You know, I like cake and I like to eat it because what's the good of a cake if you're just sitting there looking at it? Amen. But you know what the saying means, you know, people want, you know, the best of both worlds. I want to have this and I want to have that. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, sometimes you can only have one or the other. No, you know, but we, we, we can't have the best of both worlds in, in a lot of ways when it comes to spiritual things. Amen. They want God, but they want the world too. But God says we got to choose. Amen. And when we answer the call and we choose, then he chooses us and we are in the blessed chosen few. Amen. Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you shall serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 1 Kings 18, 21. Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. We've got to just follow God. And then Jesus made it clear in Matthew 6, 24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the word mammon is just another word for riches or money, or you just fill in the blank. You can't serve God and this. It's not saying that God's not saying, well, he's the only thing that can be in your life and you can't do anything. You mean I can't have a hobby or have fun or go on vacation? No, he didn't say that. Amen. He just said, you know what? I need to be number one, the first love and loving me with all your heart, mind, strength and soul. Praise God. And then when you do that, I'll add, I'll give you, I'll bless you. You'll have what you need. So like an old song goes, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. The cross before me and the world behind me. And though none go with me, still I will follow. Amen. And I close with these two verses. Peter says, you are a chosen generation. You're a chosen generation. And, and he went on to say, you're a peculiar people and you know, God brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light, but you're a chosen generation, part of that chosen few. And then we read in Revelation 17, 14, I'll close with this one, talking about Jesus. He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Amen. The call goes out to every human being, 
and not everybody answered. We have to answer, and then we begin to walk. And he chooses us, and we choose him, and we get up every day and say, I choose Jesus. I get, I get up every day and say, today is Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Called, chosen, and faithful. And the faithful part is what needs to happen after we're chosen to keep us as part of God's family and going in and in that straight and narrow way, which is a highway of holiness, which leads to endless day, which leads to life everlasting with Jesus forever, someday, praise God. When we'll be ready to go when the trumpet sounds, thank you, Jesus. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.